So God's speaking to us today. He's doing some wonderful things. There was such a shifting in the atmosphere. Now that shifting took place because of the work of God flowing through you to one another. And the power of God upon us all. Beautiful. You can shift the atmosphere of your daily life just like David did through praise and thanksgiving. We can shift the very atmosphere of our lives by having a positive attitude, by having the spirit of faith. You know, all that God requires for us is to put off the old man and put on the new man. To put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to put on the garment of praise, to put on the robes of righteousness. And it will literally change our lives forever. You all know Joyce Meyer. She's a powerful woman of God. Thank God for Joyce Meyer. She said this, we can either be powerful or we can be pitiful. But we're not pitiful people. We are powerful people. Because we have the Holy Ghost in us. Because we've got the joy of the Lord operating in us. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So I have a question for you today. In your daily walk, in your daily life, how's your attitude? Is your attitude, well, you know, Pastor Mark, I I thank God for being in church, but it just seems like my situation will never change. I'm so fearful, I'm so worried. Worry is a killer. Mark tells us that the cares of this life, when they overwhelm us, will enter in to our very soul and will choke the word and cause the word of God that we know to become unfruitful. One person said this of worry, that worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through our mind. If it continues, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. God does not want us to live a fear-based life. He wants us to live a faith-based life. Is your attitude, my situation will never change? Or is your attitude in this house today, I know God is working in me. I know God is helping me. You see, it's true. On a daily basis, we make choices. We can choose to be faith-filled or fear-filled. Deuteronomy 30 says this, I call to record this day against you that I have sent before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he tells us to choose life. One way that we choose life is we choose to speak life. We choose to say the word of life on a regular basis. Now when we choose life, when we choose to live out of the spirit of faith, And having a positive attitude, it can change the very atmosphere of our life. I mean, out beyond this building, in your car, on the job, wherever you are, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm upholding you, my son. I'm upholding you, my daughter, by the word of my power. And I've given you my word 
So place my word in your heart. Believe it and mix faith with it. And speak it out, saith the Lord. For I am your God. And I'm watching over my word to perform it on your behalf. Give me something to work with. I've said in my word that my word must not return void. Yea, believe it and speak it. And watch what I will do through you and in your life. Hallelujah. Woo. He's working. The Word of God is working mightily in me. Because we did not receive this Word as the Word of man. But we receive this Word as it is in truth. The Word of the Lord, which liveth and abideth forever. And so, what do you say we choose to speak faith-filled words? You see, I believe this. That God wants to set His people free from the spirit of fear. He didn't give it to us, and we shouldn't receive it. Now it's coming. It will come to tempt us. But we must stand against it and declare, no fear. You do not belong to me. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. Now listen, folks. God operates, always has, and always will by faith. The enemy operates by fear. Here's what fear does. Fear attracts failure, but faith attracts blessings. Fear runs and hides from the giants. Fear runs from the Goliaths of life, but faith runs toward the Goliaths. You know, Goliath thought he was all bad. Of course, he was over seven foot tall. The warriors might could use him right now. I don't know. (laughs) But he was big. And he was decked out with all sorts of armor. He had a sword. And he had a spear. But I want you to know that David had the spirit of faith. And here's what he said. Goliath, you're coming to me with a sword and with a spear. And with a shield. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whose I am and whom I serve. And you have defiled him. See, David did not look at Goliath as coming after him. David looked at Goliath as coming against God. Hallelujah. And that's the attitude we should have. When you're decked in the whole armor of God, When you operate in God's dress code, Satan's not going to hang around and try to figure out whether it's you or God inside that armor. The greater one indwells in you. And we have the spirit of faith. Mark Hankins says it like this. He says, never run at your giant with your mouth closed. You see, if we close our mouth, we can lose by default. Amen. So fear then comes to torment us. It comes to hold us back and to bring us down. But faith comes to bring us well-being and comfort. Fear comes to paralyze, to, 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 to make us powerless or ineffective. But oh, thank God, faith has come to give you life. Faith has come to strengthen you. Faith has come to lift you up. And faith has come to restore you. Listen, folks, fear is our enemy. It is not a friend. 
It is a foe. Fear comes to prevent us from fulfilling our destiny and enjoying our life. But thank God, faith has come to enable us to move mountains standing in our way. We know this about fear. It's aggressive. But we can also be aggressive. I like what George Pearson says down in Eagle Mountain Church in Fort Worth, Texas. He said, God has given us bulldog faith. Now, you know what a bulldog does. A bulldog grabs that bone, and you know what? You ain't getting that bone from that bulldog. Well, I'm not looking at a bunch of dogs here today, but I'm looking at people that have bulldog faith. You take God's Word, and you chomp on it, and you hold fast to it. And when the devil comes to steal it, he'll not be able to rob you. Look at your neighbor and say, Thank God I have aggressive faith. I have the spirit of faith. See, faith, I mean, fear is just like a smoke screen. It's not real. One person said this, you take the word fear and you do an acrostic on it. Fear means false evidence appearing real. And the enemy can take things and make them look real. But God's word is more real. So we must not look at the things which appear real, but at the things which are truly real. For the things which are seen are subject to change, but the things which are unseen, hallelujah, cannot be changed. So build your life on the Word of God and let God's Word see you through anything that you may be going through. Fear, it wants to be fed. Don't feed your fear, feed your faith. Now there's a couple vital things that we need to do. We need to learn to resist it and not allow it to take control of our lives. All fear is, is a little stinking evil spirit that Jesus already conquered. Just trying to keep you from your destiny. Fear is literally under your feet. And the Bible says in James 4, in verse 7, I want you to notice that verse with me. James 4, 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to who? Part of submitting myself to God is putting off the old man and putting on the new man. See, I'm not submitting my life to God if I'm not living for God. I'm not submitting my life to God unless I'm all in with God. I don't believe this is a day and this is an hour to have one foot in the world and one foot in the Word. You know, just kind of like this on the fence. You can get hurt that way, by the way. No. You see, God is looking for a people that will live in righteousness. You see, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus ought to live righteously. You know, it's true. The Bible talks about holiness. In 1 Peter, it says this, Be ye holy, because I'm holy. Now, the mere fact that he told us to be holy means we can be holy. But we've got to understand what holiness is and what holiness is not. For some, holiness is not wearing makeup. For others, it's having their hair in a bun. For others, it's not wearing rings. 
you know, that's what holiness is to them. But holiness is not outward. Holiness is inward. The best definition of holiness that I've ever heard is this, that holiness is Christ-likeness. It's being like Jesus. And so when we are all in for God and we are submitted to God, then we can resist the devil and then the devil will run from us. He will flee from us. But I think oftentimes, instead of resisting the devil, there's too many Christians assisting the devil. You know, you give that rat an inch, he'll want to take a mile. The scripture tells us, to not give him any place. No place in our thought life. No place in our walk life. No place in the paths we walk in. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That word flee in the Greek means this. He will run from you as in terror. Now remember this is what Jesus said in Luke ten nineteen. And I like Young's literal translation. It says, I give to you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. The, way, the reason why he gave you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, he knew that there would be some serpents and scorpions that would come against you. So he's telling you what you need to do with those tests, temptations, and trials is walk on top of them. I've given you the authority to do it. See, most people, they want someone else to take their place for them. We're living in a day and we're living in an hour where children of God must take their own place. Take your place of authority. Take your place in the name of Jesus. Take your place in the blood of Jesus. Take your place in the word of God and tread on serpents and scorpions. And all the power of the enemy. Now notice the next part of the verse. Read it with me. And nothing. Who glory to God. Nothing is going to hurt you. Now you may be here this morning and say, Pastor Mark, man, I tell you what, I wish I could take Pastor Tom and the choir and the group just home with me. Well, thank God it'd be nice if you could. But perhaps you don't have as many bedrooms in your house as you'd need for that. But you've got Jesus in you. You've got a garment of praise on you. And you can get your praise on and keep it on seven days a week. You see, sometimes we don't feel like we have power, but we don't live by feel like. We live, we walk, we talk by faith and not by sight. And here's what I got as I was preparing this message a while ago. These words. So what do we do? We rise up. We step up. And we speak up. And we resist the enemy. Now if I was a tailor here today, the Holy Ghost is an awesome tailor. I would say, okay, try that on for size. Say it with me like you mean it. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to step up. And I'm going to speak up. And I'm going to resist. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. You know, sometimes you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you think, Whoa, my Lord. (laughs) You just remind yourself, it seems like something ought to be said right now. (laughs) I'm a new creation. 
I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am not moved by those wrinkles. I'm not moved by that gray. In Christ Jesus, I am the righteousness of God. See, we got to speak up. Speak up. The bad report comes from the doctor. Speak up. You don't necessarily need to speak up for the doctor, to the doctor. You're not speaking up for his benefit. You're speaking up for your benefit. You don't necessarily need to speak up in the doctor's office. Oh, but when you get in your car, it seems like something ought to be said. It seems like something ought to be said. Speak up. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Speak up. I'm talking about speaking the word. Well, I don't know the word. You need to get to know the word. Because as you get to know the Word and you believe the Word and you speak the Word, the Word will begin to work for you. Everyone say it with me. I'm going to rise up, step up, and speak up. Fear is a defeated foe. In Psalm 23, notice with me in verse 4. And I'm doing real good. I preach 16 minutes right now. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 23, verse 4 in the passage translation. Notice this with me. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been in the valley? Now, the valley is not a place we camp in. Now, I know in Yosemite they do that. But these valleys, we don't want to camp in. We do not want to buy the t-shirt which says valley people. Sometimes we are going through the valley. We do not deny that. But notice with me. Even though your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Woo! Glory to God. Think about it. Fear will never conquer you because Jesus has already conquered our hearts. Amen, amen. Let me ask you a question this morning. Does he have your heart? Yes. Does he live in you? Yes. Therefore, Bertha, we don't have to be afraid. No. No. We don't have to fear anything. No. We don't have to fear death. No. You know what's on the other side of death for a Christian? And I believe that all of us are going to live long and live strong. Don't get me wrong. But some of us have had people that we thought maybe they went too early. And we know that and understand that. We don't belittle that. We thank God they're in heaven. And I'll tell you something about death, even accidents. It's merely a shadow. It's merely a shadow of the valley of death. I believe this. When people die from accidents, they don't even feel the pain of it because God takes them right into His presence. Now, I'm not building a case for accidents today. Amen. But understand this. Nothing can conquer us because He already has. He already has. And that just shows us how much He loves us. That just shows us how much He cares for us. You see, when we get a revelation of how much He loves us, the Bible says there's no fear in that. There is no fear in love. But here's what perfect fear does, or perfect love does. Perfect love will cast out fear. It will dispel every trace of terror. Fear cannot conquer you. 
because he already has. But he didn't stop there. He continues to say, son, daughter, because of this and all these things, I've made you more than a conqueror. And it's through me because my love is for you. Say it with me. Love Love loves me. me. And fear fear. cannot conquer me. me. Because I am more than a conqueror. What are you saying today, Pastor? I'm saying this. Every time thoughts of fears come to us, we must be consistent and persistent to resist them. Take every negative and fearful thought captive. Here's what the Bible says. That God's given you weapons. He's not going to put you here on earth and not equip you. He's equipped you with the Holy Spirit. He's equipped you with the weapon of His Word, with the weapon of the name of Jesus, with the weapon of the blood of the Lamb. And here's what He says to us. The weapons of my warfare, which means there will be war. The weapons of my warfare are not carnal. But the weapons that I've given you, they're mighty. They're mighty. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So this says to us that strongholds come. Thoughts of dismay, thoughts of fear will come. But in verse 5 it says to cast down imaginations. Casting what? Casting down imaginations is the opposite of allowing them to stay in your mind. In other words, slap them down. They don't belong up here, they belong down here. So cast down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, when foreign thoughts come to our soul and come to our mind, we have no business entertaining them. We have no business meditating on them. Worry is meditating on the lies of the enemy. Faith is meditating on the Word of God. So when these foreign thoughts come to our mind, we need to recognize them. And instead of just listening to them all day long, rise up, speak up, and resist. Cast those imaginations down and bring them captive to the Word of God. Fear never, ever presents to us the best case scenario. The Bible calls those thoughts vain imaginations. So instead of meditating on fearful thoughts, meditate on God's Word. Here's what faith will do. Faith will always paint a picture of victory. I love the song, Our God is Victory. Our God is Victory. Our God is Great. And then the, 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 one of the verse songs goes, All I see is victory. All I see is victory. Are there any believers in the house today that can just go like this with me and say, All I see is victory. All I see is... Are there any ministers in the house today that would say, All I see is victory. 
Listen, you can get your mind so renewed with God's word that that is literally all you see. You can train your mind on the word of God by letting it dwell in you richly to where it begins to change not only your thinking and your speaking and your actions, but it'll change the way you see things. Hallelujah. Come on, let's try one more time. All I see. All I see is what? Yeah, but what about the debt, Pastor? All I see is it. What about the rebellious grandchildren, the rebellious son and daughter? All. What about more month than money? All I see is victory. What about this arthritis in my knee? All I see is victory. What about the United States of America? What about the body of Christ? Lift up your heads and look from the north, look from the south, look from the east, and look from the west. All that you see, I have given you. You see, he had to take Abraham outside so Abraham could see. When God told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, he was tempted to see no way. But when he looked at Sarah through the eyes of faith and the lens of victory, Abraham said, oh yeah, all I see is victory. All I see, all I see, I don't see any other possibility for you and me. All we can see is victory. Yeah, but so-and-so, they passed away at a young age. They're in glory. They're in victory. All we can see, all we can see is victory. I think you're getting it. I think you're getting it. I've been speaking 25 minutes for you that are watching the clock. (laughs) Believe me, I'm watching it. It's right there. I'm like a deer in headlights. Oh, 25 minutes, 38 seconds. You better hurry, 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 hurry. I'd rather have what we had in the move of the Spirit today than me going on for two hours preaching. Because I find that sometimes when I'm up against a time element, it enables me, it anoints me, it gives me the equipment to get what needs to be done at that time within the time I have. Somebody says, well, what time are we getting out? All I see. Pastor, I was wanting to beat the Baptist in and out. Oh, I see. (laughs) Now, don't misunderstand me. You can be in a hurry and miss God. The Bible says, he that believeth shall not make haste. Brenda and I were watching Rodney Howard Brown the other day. His service lasted four hours and 54 minutes. 
You know the conclusion I got from that? Rodney is not in a hurry. <laughs> and you know what else? Neither is God. Some of you just lost the victory right there. <laughs> Come on. Try one more time. Oh, I see. <laughs> Woo. Two things the Lord does not do for us. Number one, He does not receive for us. And that's a whole sermon right there. We cannot have Kesarasara, whatever will be, will be. Someday I'll be healed. Someday I'll be debt free. Someday, someday. Someday never comes. Because He's already provided the victory for us. He's already done everything He's going to do about our healing, about our debt freedom, and about our prosperity. He did it 2,000 years ago. And now it's up to us to receive it. He said, what things whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The second thing that he does not do for us, he does not resist the enemy for us. So if we're going to create the right kind of atmosphere, having the right attitude, we must number one, resist. But number two, we must also take bold steps of faith and take action. The Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. What are you saying to me, Pastor? I'm saying we need to act against fear, even though we may feel fear. Don't obey it. Put fear in its place by showing fear your actions. You're acting on God's word. So, so Pastor Mark, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of heights. Get on that jet. I'm 40 years old. My goodness, I, I, I think the Lord told me to take a class and to learn about real estate or to learn about this and learn about that. But what will they think? What will those millennials think if I show up at Chabot? <laughs> i tell you what they're going to think. Absolutely nothing. Because people are not thinking about you. So we need to stop thinking about what people are thinking about us because in fact... They don't care, and they're not thinking about you. Am I right or am I right? People have enough on their plate than to criticize you for being 40 years old and taking a class. You just walk into Chabot like you've got style, like you've got your thing together, and say, here I is. Show me the way. Amen. Take that class. Take that interview. Go to that interview. Pastor, I've been to 50 and they've all said no. Well, they've said no 50 times wrong. Your attitude should be, you know what? God's got something better for me. You got to believe that. You got to believe you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to believe you're his masterpiece. You got to believe you're one of one. Why wouldn't they want to hire me? Yeah, but I don't have the education, but you got the Holy Ghost. I said, you got the Holy Ghost. You got the greatest trainer living on the inside of you. Say it with me. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm sharp. I'm really good looking. I'm very rich. And I'm a major blessing. See, he will make you of a quick understanding. Wherever he lead, whatever he leads you into, he will equip you with whatever you need once you get there. Yeah. And sometimes he'll equip you beforehand. Take that job. Go to that interview. Go on that date. 
Yeah, but I had a bad experience. God's bigger than that. Yeah, but I've been divorced. God's bigger than that. Not only is he bigger than that, but he's better than that. You may never know until you say yes. Now listen, saying yes and going on a date is a whole lot, you know, a whole lot different than saying yes to get married. You need to kick the tires. <laughs> and by that, I don't mean try him out physically. Have some conversations. Amen? And ladies, if you're paying the bill every time you go out, dump him. Yeah, but oh man, he's cute. He's got a six pack. Yeah, what's he got in his fridge? A 12 pack? He's cute. He's fine. Question mark. Does fine pay the bills? And, and does fine go to church? Now, if he tells you, look, if you marry me, I'll go to church with you on Easter and Christmas, dump him. You don't need any Christmas and Easter husband. You need a sold-out husband that will get in this word and apply the word and love you as Christ loves the church. You need a man of God, not a man of the world. Good preaching, pastor. Amen. All I see is victory. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to meet his family. Or to meet her family. I'm just saying. Pastor Tom, please come to the platform. <laughs> you can change the atmosphere by boldly taking action in spite of fear. Because faith pushes the fear out and creates the right atmosphere for our lives. Faith changes things. Faith moves mountains. I just need to say this. Don't be a mountain maker. Be a mountain mover. A negative attitude makes mountains out of molehills. But a positive attitude talks to the mountain and moves it out of the ways. A positive attitude faces life fearlessly with the spirit of faith. And I would like for you to stand up right now. That's my dissertation for Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Come on, everybody. All I see is victory.